and we're back. Another episode of Talking Maiden. The podcast of the beast. The Loft podcast. We're in the loft again. Stormcast episode two. Yeah. The adventure continues. Up in Josh's loft again. Yeah. Got back for another session. Another session of Virtual 11 coming up. Yeah. uh, That last episode, I wasn't sure we were going to get an episode done in time. Yeah. I thought we were going to have to skip a week, but we didn't. Close call. Yeah. So we got one track done. This will be more of a... uh, We'll get right into the track and uh, not talk about the storm so much. (laughs) A a valiant effort. Yeah. That was good. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Maybe I was a bit harsh at the gate. You know, we'll see if you. Yeah. I don't think you're very harsh on future real compared I to love this track that we're going to start today. Yeah, we're going to get right into Angel and the Gambler okay. after this beer. After this beer, so the last time we did that, I can't remember the, but the brewery was Trailway, right from Fredericton. Uh, the last time was a very yeah, it was it was an Australian one, right? Australian Pale Ale, yeah. Huge on hops. La. It says H U J O N. Huge. I think it's supposed to be huge. Do you know what though? Hops. Jeez, it's six per six percent, but geez, that's only three point three each. <laughs> that's no saying that's, that's driving beer which just splits it uh no that's good american ipa american ipa so uh, nice do not spend your time worrying about those wasted beers nice well the can works it's american always a good sign ipa american ipa oh it's a nice unfiltered cloudy one too oh super cloudy mmm it smells amazing. Yeah, it does. So we were very impressed with their beer last week. Mm. That's good. I wish we had... That's amazing. Man, that's excellent. That's two for two in a row for this brewery. Trailway Brewery. Uh, Fredericton, New Brunswick. I think they're pretty new. Oh, wow. They're going to be around a while, though. Yeah, awesome. Mm. That's top class. Love it's it. Delicious. Love Huge it. Huge on hops. Nice. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah. So let's get right into the uh, Iron Maiden content. <laughs> All right, let's do it. There's lots of stuff going on that we can talk about uh, yeah. after we're done Virtual 11. Yeah, Nico's getting... new drum set he showed. Oh, okay. Pretty cool. The Osbournes. Loads of stories going on. Oh, yeah. Good and bad. Um, let's just get into Angel and Gambler. Yes. So we talked about track number one, which was the second single, Future yeah. Real. Yeah. This is the first single from the album. Yeah. Um, it was released as a single two weeks before the album, on March 9th, 1998. Mm. So March 9th, 1998, this track drops as the single. Okay. Um, 100% Steve Harris's idea to release this as the first single. And mm. Rod Smallwood actually fought really hard to have Future Real as the lead single. But Steve yeah. wasn't having it. He was like, this is the single off the album. I really... I don't know if that was the greatest choice as a lead single off your new album. Yeah. And I think this might have turned a lot of Maiden fans against the album before it came out. Probably. And you said, I think last time you said that there was a shortened radio version. There is a shortened radio version, yeah. Yeah. How Um, long is that? Because the actual track itself is, what, 10 minutes? Yes. Yeah, almost 10 minutes. It's 9 minutes and 51 seconds. Yeah. Yeah, even the edited version is like 6 minutes. Yeah. So that's still too long for the song if you ask me well i don't know <laughs> I, mean, I haven't heard it but this sounds nothing like the classic maiden that a lot of fans kind of i think were wanting after the x factor yeah like a lot of people even to this day are like I, the 80s maiden is maiden to them hmm. and this doesn't sound anything like that um it's not really metal even it's more of a hard rock tune yeah two things i think turn people from the song the first one is the keyboards and the sound of the keyboards and the second one is the repetitiveness beneath those two problems i think there's a decent song talk about the keyboards first yeah get the keys out of the way because people freak out over these keyboards You know, Maiden has so much keyboards. Like, keyboards aren't anything new. They have keyboards through, like, every modern-day album, going right back to Seventh Son. Like, the last few albums, there's keyboards everywhere. I think it's more the way that they're using the keyboards in the song. So no one's complaining about, like, these keyboards. There's a darkened sky before me There's no time to prepare Now that you lost horizon 
but no regrets from me. Maybe I'll be back some other day. To live again, just who can say? keyboards and maiden songs like each yeah. one of those clips had a ton of keyboards layered underneath they did yeah but it's always kind of orchestration to like build up the track yeah and there's, even there's, yeah there's, there's a big difference there though the, the clip everything that you played in that clip that those were good songs <laughs> <laughs> that's that's probably the main difference but i'm just saying like yeah people don't realize i don't think how much there's keyboards underlying a lot of the, maiden, the yeah the modern maiden prevalent especially. yeah and even if you go back to like the when they use the keyboards more as a like an instrument less as a backing thing and more of like a primary instrument yeah i mean you get stuff like this keyboard solos in seventh sun yeah and they're using it as background orchestration but they're also using it as like a primary instrument and people still don't have any problem with that when they hear yeah. it and then you also have like people think keyboards aren't like maiden-y yeah but there's so much keyboards in maiden and also like you know bruce dickinson comes up with this 20 minute song that's based on piano yeah. and everyone thinks it's genius but then they think keyboards and they kind of freak out. Yeah, so, get, but it's, it's. I think it's it's the way that they're playing the keyboards and the sound of the keyboards. Yeah, it's. You've never heard this kind of keyboards ever in Maiden, before or since. And I think hearing this, it's a new Blaze album, and a lot of people aren't too fussy on the Blaze stuff to start with, and then they hear these percussive keyboards coming in, hmm. and I think that just like it blows people's mind, and they're just. They, I think a lot of people check out of this album when they hear this yeah i think people hear this and they're like i'm out this is not maiden it's the tone of the keyboards and the way they're being used it's not the fact that there's keyboards so it's just it's just a it's very kind of 
off-putting to hear that yeah. in a Maiden song. It's got almost like an 80s poppy feel to it. That's what I don't yeah, like. Yeah, it does. It sounds like an 80s yeah. pop song. The tone of the keyboards. Yeah. But, but when he starts out and, and he gets in that, and he starts out with a very light vocals too. It's it just like the angel and the gambler. Just And then you listen to some of the lyrics are pretty dark at points. And then it just it it does, upbeat yeah, it doesn't really fit. That's what really bothers me. But I don't get this idea that music has to be creative. I, like, maybe I don't understand it because I'm not a musician, but... It's a version to keyboards that maybe they're easier, pre-recorded, uh, they're simple, it's not a piano. Like, what, what is the aversion to it? The music has to be I created think this a lot way. of metal people think yeah, just keyboards they're not like a metal instrument. Yeah. Even though Maiden's full of keyboards. But it's when they're used as like orchestration, I think it's fine. Mm. But if people don't like hearing these like percussive like beep, 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 beep. I, does, can, I just, can get that, yeah. It sounds weird. Like, there's tons of keyboards like all through the song. Yeah. And no one complains about these keyboards in the song. Decisions with most delay. Take all your chances, take all of the red. A roll of the dice, ahead of the game again. Nothing to lose, but so much to gain. A little danger, it goes without saying, but what do you care? You're gonna go in the end. Get over to so you just hit one of one of the yeah. the pieces. But that whole I was just gonna yeah. say before you say that. Yeah. That whole section has keyboards under it. Totally. But no one notices that because no. it's the way Maiden's been constantly yeah, using ding, ding, people ding, are constantly ding. using yeah. keyboards like that. Yeah. And people are used to it. But this weird like beeping way of it's like beep, 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 beep. Yeah, and the way so the way he was just singing that though it was so yeah. upbeat. If you weren't listening to the lyrics or anything, you'd be like, "Oh, this is a guy singing about going back to school." You know, it's like, yeah, oh, you know, it's almost like that Paul Diano London album, like it's <laughs> London song. It's weird. If you listen to these lyrics, I picked these out because I love these lyrics. Yeah, but just sung like that, they make they're horrible. But just oh, step think? back and listen to okay. the lyrics. Listen, gates open to heaven is ready and waiting, or or straight down to hell can go there as well. You know, I'll suffer my craving. My soul is not worth saving. So why don't you go? Just leave me alone. Like, so there's some good stuff there. But he sings it like so poppy and upbeat. I don't know what's going on in this song. Like, I'm listening See, to I it. Like, I don't mind that. I think that I don't mind the vocals. Okay, those first yeah. keyboards are a little bit off-putting. Yeah. But like, I don't mind the song, the song, the idea of the song underneath. Here's what I picture. I picture yeah. a guy with like oversized novelty sunglasses with like a beanie hat on and like a, a <laughs> pink, a pink, uh, um, you know, fanny pack running around in Vegas with his wife just losing money. But then you listen to the lyrics, it's like, go to heaven or hell, like, I'm a gambler. It's like, no, I mean, it's a ding, ding. It's like he's going around, he's like Fresh Prince. It's the middle of the episode where, like, he's he's, he's got a $800 and then all of a sudden he accidentally trips into the wrong game and he's in a thousand. He's got to call Uncle Phil. Like, that's literally what I think is going on. It's not like... When you when you hear the theme and read the lyrics, you expect like one of those classic "I'm in a card game with the devil" kind of yeah, thinking, which is you know? kind of what the video is. Yeah, about. Yeah. yeah, the whole you know dance of death theme, right? See, like that whole concept yeah. where you're in this. All but is that just because you're coming out of the X Factor and you're expecting darkness from a blaze maiden? Yeah, well, it's Angel the Gambler. I read the lyrics, and I'm just like, this seems just so mismatched to me because it seems like an uppity kind of song, right? I don't know. I don't get that. I, that's the way I feel. See, I, the, Maybe it's the I keyboards throwing me off again. I don't yeah. Know. Well, okay. I've got a quote here. Steve Harris, he says, The idea reminded me of The Who slash UFO, so I took it in that direction. It's got a very 70s rhythm feel to it, which I like a lot. Mm. And you know he's into like all those bands. And I think this is kind of him going in that direction. It's Steve Harris playing the keyboards. Okay. If you look at the liner notes for the album and all the singles, it says very like prominently... They go out of their way to state that Steve Harris is playing all the keyboards on the song. Yeah, which is yeah. you just objectively proved that this is probably the worst keyboards <laughs> that they've ever had. And it's the only one. But I always wonder if you took those keyboards out, yeah. if people wouldn't be thrown from the song so quick. Like I've made yeah. this version of the song. I'm not going to play the whole thing. Yeah. It has those keyboards stripped out, and it to me this works a lot better. Spin on the wheel I love you 
So I think if you leave all the keyboards in, the orchestration from the keyboards, and you pulled out those weird intro keyboards, mm-hmm. I think you would get past that first problem, and people wouldn't even complain about the keyboards. They're just so off-putting when you first hear it that I think that a lot of people just can't get past that and don't even hear the rest of the song. Yeah. It's just, it, it, to me, it's so clownish. Clownish? Yeah. Do I, mean? I don't like, understand what you're saying not, clownish. Not, it's just... It, are you talking about the keyboards are cloudish? Yeah, or the whole... it, it, it just uh, it starts out with those like swinging vocals that just really doesn't fit the theme to me. It's just I, I don't know. It just feels like such a miss miss. It's such uh, so upbeat, but like there's such dark lyrics. It's just like I don't, find I don't the lyrics be that dark. I do. I, I just don't I don't know. Maybe it's me with the whole gambling thing. Like I have an aversion to it. Like I'm not one of these guys. I always think of like you know when you pull it. Like that's why I say it's like, the only way I rectified my mind is I got this guy doing the Carlton dance with like a neon pouch and he's just throwing money around at Vegas so he's like happy, you know I'm a happy gambler it's like you know there's some dark stuff in there right like can I be your savior in heaven and hell I mean these are not things like dun, 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 in with the keyboard it's like so it sounds like, like the, the lyrics it's are like an 80s and the music is too happy and he's, he's singing it like he's, a, he's an 80s that. teenager who just missed the bus like it's it just see, totally doesn't all. I totally I think Blaze's vocals are actually the strong, one of the strongest parts on this album yeah. on this song I mean it only like when it towards the end and it gets super repetitive. I don't want to play yeah. Well, myself. that's the next thing I want but to get the, into. When he gets into, could I be your savior and all that? Right, like that's where, you know, don't you think I could save you? All that stuff. I like that's where it starts to get a little darker for me. I start to feel right, but it just starts off with you know what? Now that you've highlighted the keyboards, maybe that's a subliminal thing with me. I didn't really. Yeah. I wasn't like, oh, these keyboards make it sound I too poppy. This whole like, but, but it just always felt like it starts off like ding 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 ding, ding and it feels so weird. But I think that it's, it's those keyboards just, that are doing that to you. I, I think know. you hear those keyboards and you, you get in your mindset that sounds like an '80s pop song. Yeah. It feels like Full House, or I, I just got <laughs> it's just Fresh Prince to me. Like you know what I mean? Like oh, Carlton, we're in trouble again. Uncle <laughs> Uncle Phil has to bail us out. That's what I get. Like whenever I listen to this song, I'm just like it's just so mismatched to me. Yeah, I no, know. I can see that. I mean the, but I think a lot of that's the keyboards. Yeah. But the other major problem with this, yes, the repetitive course. In case you haven't noticed, oh man. In case people listening to this haven't noticed, they repeat the course of the song 22 times. 22 times. They do the course 22 times. The phrase, don't you think, is repeated yeah, 66 times. Think. Really? Yeah. Um, we're talking about this part. Don't you think I'm a savior? Don't you think I can save you? Don't you think I can save your life? Don't you think I'm a savior? Don't you think I can save you? So that was four out of the 22 times. Totally. It's just too much. Yeah, it is way Someone too much. Someone should have stepped up. That's why I'm saying like a Martin Birch in the yeah. studio that could have been like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We got to rearrange yeah. the song. Especially the idea single, is good, right? but yeah. yeah. Yeah, and then release this as the single. It's it really... makes no sense. Yeah. Um, I do like later on, he starts to take the chorus a little darker and there's a transition into a guitar solo, which yeah. I find really Oh, the good. guitar solo. So let's yeah. get into the guitar solo. Yeah. Two solos, Dave Murray yeah. and then Yannick. Obviously, that's who's in the band. When we did our favorite guitar solos episode, I picked the solo, Dave Murray's solo, in this. It's a very unique sounding solo for Maiden. The first half is Dave. It's really bluesy. And I remember when we did the top favorite guitar solos episode, mm-hmm. when I picked this, I said that this Dave Murray solo sounds like something that like Slash from Guns N' Roses would play. Don't you think I'm a savior?
So I think that's like a really awesome solo. Yeah. That might be the highlight of the you song. You like it because it, it harkens to your GNR or something, but... It's just bluesy sounding, and it's very different from Maiden Song. And there's the back-to-back. But it fits with, the... Yeah. This is more of a rock song and not a metal song. Yeah. And it's a straight-up rock and roll solo. Yeah, and, that, and Yannick and, and it follows uh, yeah. Dave there. I get it. Yeah. Future Real is a better solo for Dave. Way better. I don't know. I like this one a lot. And the second half is Yannick. Yeah. He picks up that, like... That role, the Adrian role of like doing the melodic counterpoint to Dave's kind of like rock out solo. Um, and he has this like melodic riff that goes through his solo. Yannick's solo on this is pretty good too. So the solos on this song, I think, are top-notch. Yeah. I think they're great. They're excellent. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, the upbeat beginning, I do like, even though it just totally doesn't yeah. get the song. But I think it's the keyboards, the keyboards that are throwing you off. I think off. the keyboards are what throw a lot of people yeah. off. Here's what really hits me. Okay. Really, really drives me nuts. Because I actually really like the chorus. And I do like, if you listen to it, yeah. it's way too repetitive, but he changes in inflection the whole way through and it gets kind of dark and roughy. And that's where I find if he'd, if he'd finish it like he started, but he, it'd be better. And I love the transition to the guitar solo, but I'm with you that like from but the, the almost the eighth minute right into half of the Nyman, this is, this is it. Don't you think I could save you? Cool guitar transition at the end there. Yeah, there's some but if, cool guitar work under there. If you, the last third of that song is yeah. just so repetitive. Yep. And it's longer than Future Real, basically, when you add it up. And there's a cool transition. He gets a little darker. Yeah. But it's just way too much. Yeah. Like, way too This yeah. is a 10 minute track. There's an And it's not a 10 yeah. minute track because bells are chiming and, and everything's, hallowed, everything's yeah. coming up to right. something. Or, you know, uh, you, you know the, the, there's a crescendo. Yeah. This is just literally like a three-minute fade-out. Right. Well, what I think they're trying to... What they do is it's they... It's garbage. Like, they break the song down. Yeah. This I think what they're trying to do is make it epic. They have like a three-and-a-half-minute worth of song. The meat of the song is worth like three-and-a-half minutes. Yes. I think they take that three-and-a-half minutes, they stretch it out, and then they kind of like break it down. And they're trying to make the song epic by like breaking it down and then building it up again. Yeah. Because they break it right down to, uh, well, this part. said on Halloween it's this journey you're going on mm. this you're going along and then they just kind of like kill the momentum and try to build, build it up again yeah. which is fine if you're doing it live because I think live if they hadn't made this song three and a half minutes but then live it was nine minutes yeah because live they do well I have a clip of it I'll play it right here live they kind of break it down and there's a lot of 
like space there to do like crowd work to build the song back up. Don't you think I'm a savior? Don't you think I can save you? Don't you think I can save your life? Don't you think I can save you? Don't you think I can save you? Don't you think I can save your life? So live when they're doing the song, they break it down. Yep. And then they kind of get the crowd involved and they kind of ramp it back up and then finally goes back into like the the full on, you know, guitars and all the instruments come in yeah. to end. But I don't think we need to hear this like meant for audience participation breakdown on the album version. Fair enough. And it's funny because they have an edited version of the song, which is way shorter. It's six minutes and five seconds instead of nine minutes and 51. They cut out yeah, three still, minutes. Still, that still whole, twice yeah. as long as it should be, but <laughs> true. Keep going. But I have a quote from Steve, and this is very telling, I think, of yeah. this song and the album in particular. He's talking about the edited version of this song, which is shorter. Yeah. He says, Years ago, the Americans asked us to edit Hallowed. We told them to forget it because it would just ruined it completely. On the other hand, we did an edit on Angel and the Gambler because it was written on the album as a long version because it was written as it was as if it was a live version. What I mean by that is that it was written how we would do it with a crowd, bringing it down quiet and getting the audience involved and stuff like that. So we could edit that and it wouldn't do the song any injustice at all. What I'm trying to get across is there are certain songs you can do that with and certain songs you cannot. You couldn't edit Sign of the Cross, for example. It would be ridiculous. So yeah. he's kind of saying right there that like they recorded the version as they would do it kind of to work an audience up. Yeah. Which I think is a big mistake. Like remember Running Free? We played a version on some episode of Running Free where Paul Diano gets the crowd involved and yeah. gets them singing along. I don't want to hear that on the album version of the track. No. Do that in your live set and then do it on the live album. Totally. You know what I mean? If there was a virtual 11 era live album. And they had the 10-minute version of Angel and the Gambler. I'd be like, oh, that's cool. He got the audience involved. Yeah. But it just doesn't work on the album version. I don't, I don't, believe, I don't believe them. I think they wanted, they wanted an epic track, and they thought this was it, and they failed. And they probably really noticed it when they released the signal, say, single. But here's, here's what this makes me think. I don't think The Nomad was really done. Because there's no way you're putting 10 minutes here over Nomad. There's no way... Right? Like, what's a Nomad? It's like eight, nine minutes, something like yeah. that, right? Um, so it's up yeah. there. It's a bit same size. It's a little smaller. It's but... weird when you look at this album and you think of songs that you know that they had been yeah. working on that didn't make the album. Yeah, what were the other ones? Either way, one of them you could have fit. Yeah. yeah, like Blood Brothers was worked on. And yeah. The, I don't know if these were just ideas, though. And oh, thank but God. I mean, these songs were all ideas in the studio. Yeah. When they went in to record it, they didn't have these songs completely rehearsed. They just yeah. had the ideas. And they worked them out in the studio quickly and got them down. Yeah. I just think this is a big misfire. Huge. I think if the song was three and a half minutes, yeah. people would be like, oh, that's an alright song. You know? Yeah. Pull those weird keyboards out of the beginning. Um, I don't know. And cut the repetition. Um, something funny about like when you're talking about how repetitious this is. There's actually there's a 24 minute version on YouTube. That someone made where they just loop the don't you think I'm your savior? Don't you think I can save you? Don't you think I can save your life part? Yeah. They loop that for 24 minutes. Yeah. And it's like called, I can't remember what they called it. They just did it for a joke. And Thomas Zweigen, remember I told you, or Zweigen or whatever his name is, the yeah. guy that does all those albums with Blaze. He's Blaze's, yeah. uh, he wrote like albums with Blaze and stuff. He commented on YouTube and he said, ha ha ha, I love this. I'll show it to Blaze. Nice. <laughs> so it's funny. Yeah. Um, but that, yeah, it's really repetitive. Put that on loop to uh, make someone go insane. <laughs> so yeah, Steve, I've got, we were talking about the lyrics. I've got a quote from Steve Harris too. He says, The angel and the gambler is the story of these two characters. One guy who's a bit of a rogue, a fly by night, and an angel who gets sent down to try to put him right, except he isn't mm. having it. <laughs> That's what he says the yeah, song Yeah, that makes, makes no sense. Yeah, I don't know. How about this though? Okay. Because there's quite a transition in the song. It's not an epic, but it goes from like a kind of a poppy, overplayed keyboards, weird thing at the beginning. Yeah. And then towards the end, there's some gruff 
um, parts to the to the chorus that I really like, and there's some yeah. guitar transitions and solos. Yeah, man, if they'd have just taken it and and shortened it down to like six minutes, split it in half, had a three minute, and then taken the back and put a new guitar front on it, they could have had like the angel and then the gambler, and they could have just done something like that, you know, or, or split whatever. this into two songs. Yeah, the angel and, and but, the gambler, and both but start open the album with one and close with the other. No, but <laughs> but like. You know, reduce the 10 down to six good minutes, yeah. re- remove the repetitiveness, yeah. and then buffer the front of it. Because it that chorus is actually really good, but they ruin it, right? And, like, there's a couple of times, like, you can actually isolate him doing the chorus. And at some stages, you can almost, like, if you played the, that, that chorus, you could just almost hear uh, Blaze wanting to just off himself because he hates it. <laughs> and then later on, you can actually, like, he's gruff and leaning into it. And I'm like, that's the way that chorus is supposed to sound. And you shouldn't hear it. 60 times or 30 times yeah. or whatever you know what is it 60 times he says do you think but you know you shouldn't hear it 20 something times you should hear it like four times like that with a real real pace around it like yeah. which, make, which makes blaze blaze sound great and then you could you you know there's there's stuff here to work with what i'm saying but this 10 minutes of garbage is is horrible it's way too long yeah it's painful it's just it's the second track of the album but he's that's trying, that is painful the thing is he's, he says he's trying to do like a, a the who type of vibe mm. he says the who and ufo i think ufo there are a lot of keyboards but like i don't think the who would even take a riff like this and try to like you know what i mean it's it's yeah it's like you're if you're gonna do a song and try to be the who then do your song don't do it as the who but also try to stretch it into a 10 minute maiden song yeah like and i can see where it sounds kind of like the who it's very a lot of people say it sounds like won't get fooled again by the who i actually have a clip here where i play the two together like these have very similar feels. You can see it's very like who sound it's it's, it's yeah. the keyboardy yeah the guitars coming in you know what i mean i can totally see where yeah. he's influenced by the who on the song i can see it the who does it better though i think in this case yeah, i agree with you on definitely that there's a lot i like about the song uh the pre-chorus i'll just play it for you and then i'll talk about it but there's like some cool little parts in here that i love i drift on the ocean so like I kind of like that part where it goes like boom, 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 boom. It kind of falls behind the beat a bit. Yeah, I like that part. It's kind of cool. I love that pre-chorus. Um, the chorus isn't bad. Again, it's just really repetition. Like the repetitions off the charts. Yeah. Um, and the breakdown and the build-up. I think. Yeah. doesn't work on an album it should stick to the live setting blaze does a really good version of this mm. to this day on his solo thing and he does exactly what we talk about which is like gets rid of the keyboards all together yeah um shortens it to like you know three or four minutes it's a lot heavier cuts all the repetition out and i would take this blaze version over the album version any day and then you realize that there's actually a good song buried under there so when you cut the keyboards out you cut the song down to like a regular length yeah i think the blaze solo version is really great it's, it's, it turns it more into a heavy like rock song and the maiden one's just this sprawling weird yeah. It's that's a little darker. So before that, you played that clip, yeah, and I couldn't stop. Like you were trying to talk about the, you know, the oh, when the I was talking about the bass part, yeah, yeah, yeah the. Pre-chorus. And I was just laughing because that clip perfectly sums up 
Like, so just when you play it, I'll play just, it again, and then you listen, explain no, what you're I'll, talking about. No, okay, no, set no, it up, and before, I'll play the clip. Yeah, listen to his tone and listen to what he's saying. To me, this is a guy. It's it's just not serious. Like I, I just play it. Okay. Do you feel lucky? Or do you feel scared? Take one of my friends, and the gamble may care, but you down on your luck. What will the next day bring? I drift down the ocean. So my like that sums it up. Like when I hear that, I'm picturing like he sounds almost happy. He's not down. Like to me, it just sounds as if like he's on vacation. He he lost five bucks. Who cares? He's flowing money around. He's got the fanny pack on. He's in Vegas. He's not like he cares. The, the heaven and hell stuff doesn't resonate. There's no, like, I want to win. I'm down on my luck. Now, he's like, I'm down on my luck. Dun, 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 dun. It's like, no, you're not down. You're like, you know, he's like, honey, I wasted $30 on slots. Don't worry. We got the buffet coming up in 20 minutes, honey. <laughs> oh, great. Maybe we'll see David Copperfield. Like, that's literally how I feel. I just find his tone is so out of step okay. with music. And, and you know yeah. what? To me, it's just... Yeah, you know, I, I always think of gambling and all that stuff. Like, I'm not a gambler at all. Yeah. I, I'll do a little bit of betting. Like, I love poker, but I'm very cautious at it. Like, I, yeah. I get very concerned about it. And, uh, you know, I, I just find the whole, you know, damn, gambling is a vice, heaven, hell, losing your shirt, that whole idea that there are people in Vegas that their whole life is riding on the cards. There's this amazing Stan Rogers song I love about this guy who's like down on his luck, second chances it's called. And he, and, he, and he just tells this brutal story about how he went away and everyone at home thinks he's doing well, but he's like down on his luck. And that stuff resonates because the tone is right. This to me is like, it makes no sense. It just When you read the lyrics and you listen to the song, it just got 80s like, hey, well, Uncle, never really, you know, like yeah. Uncle Jesse and, and all, all three of them are in the casino and then they're all having a great time. And then, uh-oh, he accidentally bets $300 and then they got to have a moment and they pay the guy and they get away with it. And they all learn so the this lesson. Is like a, sounds like a it's, montage. It's, of... it's a montage of a sitcom in the 80s and they all learn their lesson. It's But then you read the lyrics and it's like you, you want like some pits of fire. The guy's got to draw one car. His soul's going to burn in hell. That's what you want. That, or that's where I go to with Maiden. Yeah. I just find it so disconnected. Okay. No, that's a, a fair thing to say. That's a fair thing to you, say. You listen to him, man. Yeah. I don't like, get that feeling, I but start, I understand where you're yeah. coming from. I'm right. picturing like a guy with his friend who are like, you know, they accidentally, you know, they're a little champagne drunk in the afternoon because they're day three of Vegas <laughs> and they're doing the Carlton dance and they just wasted $50 and they don't want to tell the girlfriend. Like, that's literally what I'm picturing. <laughs> Not like, if I don't draw a king here, I'm going to die. This monster's going to kill me. Which is where you want this to go with a maiden song. You know? I suppose. Otherwise, it should be called Flirting in Vegas. You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't know. I just find it just totally misses. Yeah, okay, I can, yeah. I can see that. I've never really thought of that before. Well, that's all I hear. And you know what? Because I guess I've never really thought... I never thought the lyrics were that dark. I they're not I super dark. Them. I clipped a bunch of them. Yeah. I mean, the you know, some of yeah. it, like, gates open to heaven and ready and waiting or straight down to hell can go there as well. I'll suffer my craving. My soul's not worth saving. So why don't you go just leave well alone? Like, that's pretty dark. It is, now compared, they say it. Compared to, like, It's funny, because I sing along to it, and I never dance. really think about how... I like yeah. sing along to this song and I'm like, but then it's like, you know, it's like, and then it's like, you're right though. The I didn't even really realize the keyboards, but that's totally like got me in this full house mood. I yeah. think it just clicked with like a rhythm or two. That's like a sitcom thing for me, but I don't know. I just find when I hear that, I'm like, what is going on with this song? And it just, I find it hilarious. Yeah, I suppose. And then it goes into this big repetitive thing. And yeah. even then, then there's that, do you think I, and then it's like, there's that little solo we just played in the middle, which is also like totally 80s. Right, yeah. you know that like we're singing, and then there, the guy comes in. He's got the black sunglasses and the sweater, and he's like, "Man, and land, land, and land." And they're back to singing the same song. It's like I feel like you're like for the first time in the podcast history, Josh is ruining a song for me. <laughs> oh man, it's like Montage City for me. I don't know what it is, but yeah, I just can't really take it seriously. Together, but now just play that clip again one more time. Okay. Roll up the dice, take a spin on the wheel. I love your hands now, so how do you feel? But you're not. Down on your luck. What will the next day bring? 
And it's you know, it's yeah, like to me, it's just, just to too me, upbeat. The it is upbeat. Yeah. To me, the lyrics don't seem that dark that it clashes with the upbeat feeling. Yeah. But I guess when you just read them, but the, me, but I think about the them angel, outside. Because when I think of the lyrics outside of the tune now, yeah. Yeah, they are this kind is of, Iron there Maiden, is some darkness to The there. Angel and the Gambler. This yeah. isn't this isn't like I got free tickets to see David Copperfield. You know, <laughs> I just saved eighty dollars, let's drop it playing craps, yeah. you know. Oh my wife got drunk on pina coladas. Oh, we gotta leave on Tuesday. Like So with me it's the the initial those percussive keyboards that yeah. come in that sound like beeping. That's and right. the tone of them. Yeah. The repetitiveness. Yeah. And then you're also gonna throw on top the yeah. mismatch of the feel of the music with the tone of the lyrics. Yeah. It's a clash and it doesn't yeah. mesh. I don't know. I just got a feeling that like Which is something I never really thought of before ever. At the end of this song, you know, Blaze is Blaze is there and Bob Saga's got the arm around him going, Did you learn your lesson? You're not gonna do that again. Well, I thought a green chip and a red chip were the same thing. <laughs> Cut it out of here. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. It's funny. I, it reminds me. I only have one Vegas story, yeah. which is uh, I went to Vegas for uh, yeah. a, a, a wedding. Yeah. And when I went, uh, we went for the wedding. And I went there. My wife was like eight months pregnant. Yeah. And I also had my uh, two-year-old daughter. Yeah. So it wasn't. It was. We were kind of. We we're there for the wedding. There wasn't a lot of partying, but I had my one night. Yeah. Where I was doing like family stuff and stuff with the wedding and stuff for the few days we were there. But I had one night where I was like, I'm gonna go out. And have like one night of this like Vegas. I was like surrounded by Vegas, but I wasn't like participating. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, so I looked and the Guns N' Roses was playing yeah. at the Hard Rock. And actually there's a DV, it's the Guns N' Roses when Axel had like all those people that I can't remember. The yeah, name. it was just DJ, Axel, wasn't it? It was Axel and a yeah. whole bunch of other people. Yeah. Uh, this is not Was he all banged up? Was his leg all messed no, up then? this is yeah, way before that. that. And Axel actually sounded really great. But, so I got a ticket and I was like, I'm in Vegas. It's Guns N' Roses. It's not really Guns N' Roses. It's Axel's Guns N' Roses. But it is Axel. Yeah. So I was like, I'm going to take this one night. I'm going to... I left the family at like 7. Yeah. And I'm like... I was staying at one end of the strip. And I was like, I'll gamble my way down. Uh, and I'll get to the concert. And then I'll come back. Yeah. So I start at... I, th- I don't know what time. Like 7 or something like that. And I go out. And I start gambling. And of course, they're pumping the free drinks into you. I'm drinking and gambling. And then I go to... Uh, it's called what's the one? It's just called Paris, yeah, or whatever. The one that's like theme. It's like has the Paris theme with the Eiffel Tower and everything. Yeah, I went in there and I was kind of like a bit intimidated because I was just playing slots and I was winning a little bit of money. And I went out and I had I have two hundred dollars and this is my money for the night to go see Guns N' Roses and like to gamble. Yeah. And uh, so anyway, I started talking to one of the blackjack dealers who are these like showgirls and they're dressed yeah. up like Paris, whatever. Yeah, and. Uh, Anyway, so they're talking to me to teach me how to play, basically, and I'm I start winning and winning. By now, I'm like half, you know, I got a good buzz on. Oh god! I start winning and I get up a couple hundred bucks. So I go to the next place and the next place, and I gamble my way all the way down the strip, and then go down to the Hard Rock, and I get to the Hard Rock up like eleven hundred bucks. Well, I had eleven. <laughs> I had started with two hundred, had eleven hundred bucks, and I was like, and like fully like loaded by this point because yeah, <laughs> pumping the drinks into you. I watched Guns N' Roses. It was a pretty good concert well i was you know it was, it was good i was in the best mood ever because i was like oh, i'm winning i'm a winner i can't lose blah 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 mm-hmm. and i'm like and you know drinking free drinks and winning a blackjack and axel did uh, when he did november rain his piano like floated out over the audience and i was like oh it's axel because that's when it really clicked <laughs> that it was and it, anyway so then i'm like the concert's <laughs> yeah. over and i'm like i'm going back to the hotel i'm gonna gamble my way back way back make another 1100 bucks i'll come home with two grand in my, in my 20 minutes later i was down to like Four hundred dollars. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And I was like, oh, <laughs> that's how it works. That's how they get. But you. I was smart enough to like cut it. Be like that's it. I'm getting in a cab and I'm going home. Going home, yeah. But I was up like, yeah, yeah. The, but like, it was probably twenty minutes to half an hour. I just like was like, this isn't all of a sudden stopped working, yeah. and all my money is like gone. <laughs> we got to do Vegas, man. Yeah, I would like to go back and redo it with uh, without a two year old and a pregnant wife. Yeah, I've <laughs> I've never done it. I've been to the U.S. a lot. It's, traveled it's amazing. I've never done I Vegas. love it. I would love no. to go back. Yeah. It's really cool. Yeah. Got to Anyway, that's my uh, that's a tangent, but that's uh, No, that's a good tangent. It's related to More the angel those. and the gambler. Do you know what I've got in front of me? You gave me this. I might have brought it up in the podcast. Oh, yeah, before. a bottle opener that we yeah, use. Yeah, the bottle op- opener. You have one just like it. I oh, right. I forgot yeah. I brought that back from Vegas. Yeah, you brought this from Vegas for me. This is yeah. on my bar. It's a uh, 
it's a lady in a bikini. Yeah. <laughs> I love says, this. It says Las Vegas like, on it. Yeah. I love how we have these like old timey things. So like lady with a bikini ball opener. My girlfriend's like, what is this? I'm like, Nesbitt got it for me. It's a, it's it came a, from Vegas on treasure. the other side of the continent. When I moved, remember when I was getting my house renovated? I, I like pack this like in my, in my like <laughs> important wrap. things. Yeah, that's right. I this like my watch. <laughs> All right. So that's kind of related to, uh, that is the angel, the angel and the gambler. I am Blaze Bailey. You're listening to Talking Maiden, the podcast of the beast, possibly the best podcast in the world. I have no idea why they would release this as the first single. They yeah. released two singles. That's right. Future Real was the second single. This was the f- first single for the yeah. album. Doesn't make much sense. They released uh, two singles of this with two different album covers. Mm. There's this one, which uh, this is the single here. It has like the future, yeah. re- not the future real, but the the Ed Hunter Eddie, and like a hand with two dice. It's a really lame album cover. Mm. This is again the phase of like the computer generated Iron Maiden Eddie. I don't know. The art yeah. on these is... This is a bad phase, I think, for Maiden. Um, and it had the Angel and the Gambler edit, the six-minute edit, and had Blood on the World's Hands live from that uh, Gothenburg Sweden show. video for afraid to shoot strangers Mm. and that was like the b-sides on this cd single um again blood on the world's hands live i wish they would release that whole gothenburg sweden show yeah as a live album yes yeah rod steve i'm sure they have it that's excellent yeah the sound quality on is great and uh it's funny because afraid to shoot strangers the video that was the b-side of this angel and the gambler single uh this it's a video of blaze doing a bruce song everyone makes such a big deal about bruce like redoing blaze songs on singles and you know the bruce klansman song everyone says that's the version of the song now for a lot of people like on the from fear to eternity that has the rock and rio version of the yeah. bruce doing that song this is an example of blaze's version of a bruce era song being the version of the song right the yeah. music video is the blaze version so i don't know i don't know Best of the Beast also has the Blaze version of Afraid to Shoot Strangers. Really? So it's almost like... Yeah, it does. People make such a big deal that Bruce Reed does these Blaze songs. Yeah. But this is an example of a Blaze version of a Bruce song being like the version. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Interesting. <laughs> Here's a perspective. Yeah. So the chorus goes on and on. We yeah. already talked about that. If you're Blaze, and this is the first... You know, this comes out before the album. It's the single. Do you think I'm a savior? You know, a lot of people don't like Blaze. For that, that like to constantly. Do you think I'm a savior? Do you think I'm a savior? Do you think I'm a savior? You know, it's it's an interesting perspective. Oh, to save from, Maiden, you mean? Yeah. It's an interesting. Yeah, I never ta- well, I never put in what context? Place. Yeah, yeah. But he says it twenty something times. From his perspective, do you think I'm a savior? And then they cut it down. It's out there. It's like. There's a lot of people at the time who were resounding no. Yeah, I suppose. Mm. It's just an interesting exposure. You know yeah. what I mean? I know. It's not the intention of the song, but yeah, you can't the stop chorus kind of... Yeah. So what do you think about this? So on the inside of the CD single, there's a poster. It's uh, a poster of Maiden in their yeah. like soccer football gear. Yeah. 
On the other side, there's a team picture yeah. of Maiden with a bunch of famous like footballers. So yeah. these names probably they mean nothing to me. Yeah. But you probably know them all. Stuart Pierce. Yeah. Faustina Asparilla. Asparilla. Yeah. Don't, don't know him well enough. Paul Gascoigne. I've heard of him. Oh before. yes, yes. Ian Wright, Patrick Vieira, and Mark yeah. Overmars. Yeah. So it's like Maiden with a bunch of like Premier League players. Is that what? Yeah, Gaza, Paul Gascoigne is a, is a sad figure in a way. He kind of had a... He was amazing English football. Okay, I figured well, these he kind of had a mean down, something to you. He had a downfall yeah. after, but I mean, he was considered an incredibly talented. So we have a, yeah, a, a poster here, and it's a team pitcher, and it's yeah. Maiden with all these footballers. Yeah. And you always point out that... Uh, yeah. Ian Ray, you think Patrick Veer. These Nico are amazing. Not, yeah. uh, Patrick Veer was unreal with uh, Arsenal forever, yeah. But when I showed you this mm. poster... You told yeah. me that yeah. you don't think Nico looks like he wants to be there. I wish, I wish, yeah. Did I tell you that? Because yeah, I was going to point, that. I was going to point yeah. that out. Like Nico's face on that. That's where I was going to cut in here. Yeah, his it says everything, doesn't it? it just looks it like does kind of where's Bruce. I've never known it now before. it's hindsight. Yeah, but when you look at it, his face says everything. Yeah, and as soon as I, you know, I got the digi pack and I looked in, I was like, ooh, isn't that interesting? <laughs> and. Uh, it was the digi pack or the vinyl, but anyway, when I was looking at that, I was like, "Yeah, that says it all." And I always read into this era as like I think like when Nico joined the band, obviously he loved Maiden, but I think his vision of Maiden was always that that Maiden the that Bruce, he joined, the yeah. Bruce version, yeah. Oh well, not only that, like that band at that time. Okay, I just I just don't think I don't know why I feel that way. He was vocal when Bruce, but came it's very back. true that he was. He stood oh, out. He really yeah. pushed to get Bruce. Back. He did. He part and, of, yeah. We'll get into that when we get into Brave New World. Mm-hmm. He was a big force behind like mm-hmm. getting Bruce and, back in the band. An interesting angle would be where was he on Adrian? Yeah, I've never reason. heard him say much about it. Yeah, but not only that, the two of them have had a few issues with timing. Over the years, right? That's true. Yeah, right. There's yeah. been a few times like Adrian's few been caught like Adrian looking back and you're playing everything too you're fast. Too fast. Yeah. And I've never thought of that. Before. You wonder. You wonder if if you know that period. He was like, well, you know, I'm more tenured than Yannick, and who cares? I don't care if Yannick doesn't play a solo like anyone else. He's not turning around, and giving me gears. You know that whole tenure yeah. thing kicks in too, right? Now all of a sudden in this band, you know, it's it's Murray Harris and you. Yeah, right, that's true. And in tenure, you know, you're the new drummer, yeah. and that's part who of the comes in after number yeah. of the beast, and all of a sudden now you're one of the most senior guys in the band, even though people don't perceive it as completely different. They just think about bruise. But that's part of the problem with yeah. this era of Maiden and songs like this. Yeah, is you have like you said, Nico, yeah, Steve, and Dave, that are like the other guys you could almost consider kind of new guys. Like Yannick's relatively new. That's right. Blaze is relatively new. Yeah. Dave Murray's not going to... I don't think Dave Murray's going to stand up to... You know, Steve Harris makes a decision. I don't think Dave Murray's going to, like, argue with them over, like, make the song shorter. I just... I, I think... So, basically, you have Steve Harris taking yeah. control of the band with That's no true. one to stand up to him and no one to, like... You know, yeah. I think he needs to have Bruce in the band and Adrian in the band yeah. as kind of a counterpoint to when he wants to do stuff like this. Yeah. Like, this song would have never happened with Adrian and Bruce in the band. Dave Murray just does... Dave Murray and Adrian, I think. Well, Adrian's much more vocal and, and directed and creative and rating. But Dave Murray just does his thing. They're like, oh, we need a solo yeah. here. And he fills it. And I don't think... Although he has two awesome songs on this uh, album. He does, yeah. 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 And he's got his, his, his writing credits. Yeah. I think if you look at his writing credits, together, you forget how many awesome songs yeah. that he writes. Yeah, like, he writes true. so many really, yeah, I'm being really too good productive. Songs. I just yeah. feel that he just does his stuff and no one... This is the way I yeah. perceive it in my own head. I know. He he you kind know, of just like... That, that no one says anything to him. He's not very vocal, and he's always yeah. got a smile on his face, and he yeah. seems like he just kind of... Yeah. You know, I in a funny way... I think it's just his demeanor. You, you see him, and you're like, oh, he's just happy to be there. But I yeah. think there's much more... He's a much... He's a really powerful force in Maiden as far as yeah. like songwriting. Totally. But I don't think he's the type that would stand up and butt heads with like Steve Harris. No. The way Nico does. No. Yeah. Just because we were talking about the singles, we kind of got off track here. Yeah. But uh, there's another single cover, and it's this another computer-generated Eddie yeah. in front of like a casino steamboat thing. Which oh, I've I think never is, seen that. What's that from? That's the other version of the CD single. Oh, cool. That's horrible. Yeah. <laughs> Again, I think they kind of lost their way as far as cover art for like the singles and stuff. You know what, though? That angel series. and the gambler cover there with his goofy hat and that riverboat. 
Yeah, Eddie in a tuxedo with a cane and a top hat. That might be the only real place where that theme fits together, you know, because it's kind of corny. Although the riverboat does kind of have the whole, you get on the riverboat and it goes up a river and it's dark and you're trapped. You know what I mean? (laughs) No. I don't know. Okay, let me get through this. So this is the second Angel and the Gambler single. Go ahead. Has the Angel and the Gambler edit. Um, That's the six-minute version. The Aftermath live from Gothenburg, Sweden again. And then it has the Man on the Edge video. Um, the Man on the Edge video is not the same version that you're used to seeing if mm-hmm. you look on YouTube uh, with a guy falling from skyscrapers, you know, the the regular yeah. version. This is the band jamming like in like this dark setting. It's an alternate version of the video. It's okay. for collectors. There's another version of the Man on the Edge video that's on this. Um, the video, it's filmed in Israel, the Fortress of Masada on a cliff over the Dead Sea in Israel. So the Lord of the Flies video, at the beginning, it has behind-the-scenes footage of, like, a helicopter filming them. Mm. And that's footage of them filming this video. So the Lord of the Flies video has the making of this video in it. And the single also came with collectible cards of the guys in their football gear. And they made uh, Nico the goalie, of course. (laughs) <laughs> that makes sense well he's tall so yeah there's a lot of like collectible stuff with like the angel and the gambler if you want to get into like cd singles and stuff and uh so that's the two main cd singles there's also a maxi cd version with no videos and all of those songs i mentioned yeah and a seven inch vinyl picture disc yeah i do not want to collect <laughs> yeah. any of these yeah i don't uh i don't like the, the angel yeah. and the gambler the cover art for these singles i just do not like this thing that they're into yeah. computer generated eddies i don't like this is a giant miss you know it's a lot of yeah. creative energy 10 minute tracks and well it's, it's funny it's that we're talking about this song and how people do not generally like the song but yeah. it was the lead single off the album mm-hmm. there's like the multiple versions of the single the collectible versions yeah it's like and like all these things like the playing cards and the poster that came with it and stuff it's it's weird that they put so much effort into this song yeah. When it's, I don't know. They, I think Steve Harris really thought this was gonna like be a huge, huge single for them. I got a, I got a theory. Yeah. I mean, there's even a video for the song. Have you seen the video? Uh, no, I haven't. Okay. The Angel and the Gambler video. Yeah. It's kind of ridiculous. It's all done in computer graphics, and it yeah. didn't age well at all. I'll tell you. Okay, so the band's playing live, yeah. but the background is like computer graphics. Yeah. They're playing a concert for aliens on this like alien planet. And then they go into this alien bar and Blaze walks in dressed like the stranger in a strange land. Eddie, he has that kind of... Yes. No, we, did, kind of we did do this before. We might have. And he orders six, yeah. six beers from the alien bartender. Yeah. Uh, and he peels back his Blaze yeah. face and Eddie's underneath. And he takes the beer back to a poker table. And it's the members of Iron Maiden are playing against the Ed Hunter Eddie. And then there's this real like dramatic part, and Steve Harris has the R, D, ten, and V of hearts. I don't know what they're like. What kind it's of deco? It's some kind of alien yeah. cards. And then in slow motion, he throws down the Ace of Hearts, and Nico and everyone laughs, and Eddie loses it and like smashes the table and starts trying to destroy the concert. But then uh, Maiden stage turns into a spaceship, and they escape. <laughs> that's the video yeah. it's kind of I remember a, the blaze a low thing. point yeah it's a bit of a low point for like maiden videos but maiden yeah. videos are not generally maiden videos are not generally like super strong are there any good ones really ah, the ones where they're playing live are great yeah you know, the trooper not, the trooper is great number of the beast I think is great mm. fair enough but there's yeah but this one is like they again they went like head first into this like computer generated yeah. this is where we're going this is the future yeah they don't want to be left behind you know what i mean mm. it did not age well at all huge miss yeah and i also read a lot that when they played the song live that as the tour progressed they shortened yeah the length of the song i checked a bunch of bootlegs i couldn't 
fig- I couldn't see anywhere where they like edited the song as they were playing it. I'm wondering if maybe they're looking at the length of the track on the bootleg and they're not accounting for how much faster they played it live. Yeah. And they're like, oh, they cut a minute out. But they actually just played it that much faster. So, I don't know. I'm trying to think if I have anything else to say about the Angel and the Gambler. Oh, there's a, an yeah. interesting version of this, uh, the Angel and Gambler. They played it on a uh, TV appearance uh, with Tony Newton filling in for Yannick as the second guitarist. But it's just they're just basically lip syncing to the song yeah. on this like TV Yannick? show. Yannick had a family emergency, uh, and so they got uh, Tony Newton as the second guitarist, and he's like they basically told him. Just to kind of you know play along and stay yeah. in the back and we we won't. Uh... He got out front, started spinning the good. <laughs> no, but that's the around. thing that happened is they got they got playing. He tries to stay out of the camera and he's on it now and then. Um, and it's kind of weird to see this other guy playing guitar. But then apparently in an interview I read after the song there was like this interview, and when they're asking questions like Steve and all the guys would be like ah, kind of giving the mic to him to answer, and he was just kind of like <laughs> I'm supposed to be here. They were just doing it for fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So Tony Newton filled in lip syncing the second guitar on this song. Ridiculous. On TV for two TV appearances. Tony Newton, yeah, he's the producer. He worked on Iron Maiden, Book of Souls, Live Chapter. Nice. Flight 666. Mm. So. So he has a a part to play. I think we've said everything you could possibly say about the Angel and the Gambler. Yeah. Although I'll get a whole bunch of emails saying, you forgot to mention this. Oh, who cares? But, uh, oh my God. Burn it. <laughs> we just burned a whole episode on The Angel and the Gambler. I know. And yeah. That's fine, though. These songs, like, you can talk about an awesome song yeah. and just say how awesome it is. But, like, this song has a lot to talk about. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't know. This album, I feel like people are kind of like, oh, you'll whip through that one because you don't think it's that strong of an album. But these yeah. albums that are so, like, strange for Maiden... I feel like there's more to talk about. There's a lot to like, debate. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot to debate. And our usual know. tangents thrown in. <laughs> yeah, you got to have a few tangents, a little Vegas tangent. Yeah. This is the angel and the gambler. but uh... So I have notes in front of me here for three songs, and we got through the first one for this episode. I thought yeah. we were going to get into the next two tracks, too. but Yeah. And that, I, I would say my only hot take that I'll end on with this track is I think, and I'll take it up on Klansman. I think that Harris thought this was going to be big, like you yep. said. But I also didn't think he think think Klansman would be as big as it was. And I'll tell you why. Okay. I'll tell you why. Uh, when, like, Braveheart came out, it's funny now when you go to Scotland or any of the football games, they'll love it. And all our Scottish uh, listeners, they're going to love it all they want. Scottish people hated that movie when it first came out. They hated that, that uh, American did it. I remember it. I remember Scottish people going, oh, that you know, idiot, that American, even though even though Mel Gibson is technically originally an Aussie, he's an American yep. now. But, you know, they didn't like that. They miscast a bunch of characters. Uh, they had Americans and Irish playing Scottish, and they had, you know, all kinds of uh, English actors and, and miss roles. There was a lot of people that had a lot of an issue, and they considered, but then over time it grew. And I could see at the time... Yeah, people are ready to go, oh, that's different. Look, I lived there at the time. I remember. A Braveheart was one of two VHSs we had in our residence at university. The other one was Blade. And (laughs) we watched Braveheart constantly. Yeah. And we had multiple students who were Irish and Scottish who would come down and be like, oh, God. Oh, really? Like, it's so fake. It's not what it was like. It's historically inaccurate. It's a fictionalized account. And, And Scottish people hated it and thought, like, it was horrible. I'll give you another example. Okay. Irish people hated St. Paddy's Day like 20 years ago because it was like a New York, New York thing. And, you know, it was like, oh, St. But now that St. Paddy's Day is biggest and because they got, got around to it and they were like, oh, well, guess what? You know, we love it too. St. Paddy's Day originated in New York and Boston, right? Okay. That's where it took off. And now, now they're in St. Paddy's Day over. Oh, the whole thing. St. Patrick's Day was always a thing, that, but I mean yeah. the takeoff of the yeah. event. The event. Now, yeah. Irish people can write in and be like, that's not true. No, literally, I fought with Irish people about this. They were like, St. Paddy's Day is a mockery, it's stupid. 20 years ago. Now, everybody loves it. And I had the best St. Paddy's Day I've been Boston. I've, I've done it in, uh, in, uh, in Dublin. Dublin's the best. Now, same thing with this. Now you get Scottish people and they're like wearing the Klansman gear and they're like, you know, freedom. But for, the whole freedom thing was a bit of a joke when it first came out. So I wonder if as an English band doing that American thing, I thought they could, I feel that they think that could have fell flat. 
Huh. And we'll get into it when they do okay, the clients. We'll I'd love to hear feedback on that okay. before we record that. Okay. If anyone wants to feedback on that Facebook. But that's my take on it. I remember arguing with people. I was like, because we all loved it, right? And Canada has this whole Scottish thing. Yeah, but I don't understand people's problem with, like, the person playing the role doesn't have to be the thing that they're playing. Imagine <laughs> for a moment that yeah. there was a movie about, about Beaumont Hamill okay. that was done by a bunch of Yanks. And they were trying to do Newfoundland accents. We would want to kill them. Yeah, I wouldn't care. I would. I would not care one bit if they you got the accent. You absolutely would care. I wouldn't care. I'm calling bullshit. No, I do not care. Oh, if they I, can nail the accent. You'd care. care because I'd be down there like, we got to get these fuckers. And you'd be right behind See, this me. is something that doesn't bother me at all. No. At all. At all. At all. No. Like, if British people did like a Civil War movie, yeah. if they could pull the accents off, who cares? No, and I get that in general. Like, yeah. I mean, on an individual level, absolutely. And, like, we shouldn't be, like, identity politics and all that nonsense. Yeah. I'm with you. Yeah. But, like, when a, when an important historical moment, uh, a big big piece, uh, a, you know, uh, a big production is done, then in some ways, I think especially if it's it's really about a culture, the more people from that culture that are influenced creatively, would it would give more authenticity. Now, you could also argue you could bias it. All of a sudden, guess what? But then, you know, no one's going to bias Braveheart towards the Scottish. It was already a glorification. No, no question. No, man. Like, the art is either good or bad. And I don't really care the process behind how they came up with the piece of art. You know what? You make a if very fair point. the accents are good and the movie's good, and I thought Braveheart was great. And I don't... Yeah. If that was about... If I was Scottish, I wouldn't care that, like, it wasn't Scottish people playing the Scottish people. And I think that is... Who cares? I think that Tell is... Tell the story, and if you do a good job, and who cares? Well, you've hit it right there, so you are right in the end at that point. If someone did that movie about Newfoundland, and it was awesome, and it became an epic, we would love it. Right. Right? But... When it first came out, I think there were people that were pushing back. And over time, it became loved. So now I, I agree with you on that okay. point. But I think that, we're wasting all our great Klansman content no, <laughs> at the end of The Angel and the Gambler. No, because I'll, everyone's turned off already. I want to I wanna throw, it, I wanna throw yeah. that out there because okay. I want to get people's opinion on Let's it. Let's get some feedback about the, yeah. the Klansman. Yeah, and then I'm also, I'm yeah. also going to tee off. As a Nesbitt, whose yes. great-grandfather came here. Yeah, as you you do have Nesbitt. That's why we yeah. don't agree because I got that Irish blood, <laughs> and you know. Anyway, I got that, that Scottish blood. New, Canada has this whole Scottish whack off thing, which I'm going to talk about. Okay. Like this whole like, ooh, you know, everybody wants to wear a kilt at a wedding. Bullshit. Uh, you come up with these weird things that I've never heard of before. No, absolute fact. I've heard once of someone wearing a kilt at a wedding, and I don't think it was even in, in Newfoundland or Canada. What is yeah, Newfoundland? up on the mainland, everybody's like Sir Johnny McDonald. It's all the Scottish okay. crap. Anyway, I'll get into it on Clansman. <laughs> Clansman. I'll save it for Clansman. The Clansman's going to be a long episode of It's going to be a long... You have a lot to say. I have a lot to say about <laughs> That's that. That's a preview of the Clansman. Okay. Yeah. This uh, Virtual 11, I was like, this is going to be like... We'll, we'll probably go through this in like two or three episodes. Yeah. Remember I said that? Oh, take it all back. This is gonna be. Oh awesome. God, no, we're wrapping it up in two yeah. more. Well, this is what. Yeah, Maybe. That's oh true. God, I do it's not really have good. a lot to say on the next few tracks until yeah. we get to the Klansman. You know, lightning strikes twice. I would argue lightning strikes once or not at all. <laughs> <laughs> next For next track. time. Okay. <laughs> all right. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We're yeah. not on Instagram. <laughs> all the other stuff we're on. Man, how did we how did this com. Angel and the Gambler turn into a whole episode by I itself? I don't know. I don't know. I was like, I will get through this in fifteen twenty. No. I didn't even have a lot of clips, but we replayed a whole bunch. We did. We All did. right. Fanny Pack, Carlton Dancing, <laughs> Angel the Gambler totally sucks. Until next time, up the irons, down the hops. Okay.